it's a little stock. Base soul, take one. It's a big old fat motherfucker called. Blazing buzzer buttons. Big rigor inspection, spatial. Under my feet. Huh? Look, the biggest heavy band of all time. I wouldn't ask you to do a drum roll if your arm fell off. There was an incident with uh, the pyrotechnics. Hey, Kirk! Squillions of dollars and squillions of people. How the fuck are you, Lars? Piddly wants and wills and needs. Lars Ulrich, drums and bongs. What the fuck does that mean anyway? I hate that fucking camera, man. Well, since we started. I'm talking about like a fucking live gig. You see this for, right? What really gets my dick hard? Mommy. Hey, this is Philip H. and Salmo, and you're listening to a vulgar dis- Oh wait, this is the Metallica Podcast. Fuck. Welcome back, everyone. Boy, that sounded weird. Welcome back, everyone, to In Podcast for All. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. I like how you changed that up a little bit. I, I had to do it on the fly because it did not sound like our usual intro, so I'm, I'm not about editing anymore. You want raw shit, the, the people want raw shit, you just got raw shit. That's like raw meat. You like sushi. I do like sushi a lot. And you know I don't, and it's that's raw shit in my opinion. That is raw shit. But you know, when I first met you, you ate your steak kind of like a boot, and now I think you eat it properly, right? It's a little bit, it's not raw, but it's definitely I've graduated not... from medium well to medium. See? A little bit of pink? See, so you're working your way down. That's what we call progress. I've known you for over a decade, and I have mm-hmm. I've I've made it from medium well to medium. Maybe after our Bogarts farewell show, April seventh, I'll be medium rare. There you go. See now that's the ballpark there. That's that's, that's the my sweet goal. spot. Yeah. It only took us fourteen years in a band, six hundred and seventy shows for me to drop down two steps in my in my in my steak life. Well, medium well is like beef jerky. Which I like beef jerky, but just not when I get a ribeye. Okay. Uh, speaking of our farewell show, April 7th, Bogarts, Apple Valley, Minnesota. The set list have been printed. It is officially in ink, and I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it after revision number 23. Yeah, I think that we, we all had some good kind of contributing ideas and what we, what we liked and... Looking at it now in ink, it looks pretty damn good. I'm excited for this set, and there's some 
there's some interesting stuff on there. It's a set list that as I look at it, I'm like, this is one of those set lists that I would have, you know, just randomly, I would have been like, let's make this set list for fun. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And now seeing it as the final set list, it's like, whoa, what started off as kind of a fun, goofy type of set list like this is really fucking cool. Uh, we've put a lot of work into it. There's been a lot of opinions, a lot of input, a lot of. Uh, there's literally been 23 revisions. That means we've. Uh, that means you're not going to get a half-ass show for a farewell April 7th at Bogarts in Apple Valley. I am. I am more than pumped to play this show because this has a. I should say the set list has a feeling of. No, I don't want to say that. Or else I'm going to give it away. I don't. I don't want to give away the set list, but I, it's so hard not to talk about it because I'm so excited about it. Like a couple weeks ago, I gave that that hint about there's a ride symbol in one of the songs, and you're like, whoa, 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 nice. that's enough hints for the month. Yeah, I, I'll say this: nobody's going to see what the end of the set list. They're not going to see that coming. I mean, there's way too much, and that doesn't give anything <laughs> away because there's way too much that out there that it could be. But you're talking about the last it, song we'll ever perform live. I don't think anybody's going to see it coming. Like the encore after the encore. The, the encore, the last song, the the big shebang, whatever you want to call it, the enchilada. You know, it's all all of the above. Would you like to give the listeners, Jeff, another hint of our farewell set list, April seventh? I said ride symbol. What else he got? Give him a little, a little tease, a little feel, a little pinch, a little pinch, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Well, what would be your keyword? All I said was ride symbol. You don't have to say anything else. That's a good enough hint right there. I don't think anybody deserves any other. No, everybody deserves hints. Let's be real. But I was waiting for I you to know. be sarcastic and be like, "Well, there's a intro tape." <laughs> Well, you see, there's an opening song and a closing song. And Fair then enough. there's like a couple songs in between. There's a few. Some have four counts. Some have eight counts. Some have five counts. That's a good hint for the week. Here, I'll, I'll give you, I'll legit give one hint. One of the songs in the set is something that they haven't performed since the early 90s. And I'm trying to think what song you're... Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, sir. There you go. Hint number two. Ride symbol one. Last time performed, early 90s number two. I like it. I like it. I like this. Oh, I like this. I didn't think I was going to start this episode talking about our farewell show in a fucking tribute band set list, but I legitimately had a shitty day-to-day but it was fitting because I had to run a bazillion errands and getting ready for tonight's Cliffham St. Anger episode. I've been listening to St. Anger all day because I've had a really serious shitty day and I cranked that shit all day driving around town fucking pissed. Well, I mean, I guarantee angry. you. I, see my fist? Does that, does that not look like the record right there? White knuckle. I'm telling you, My there's going to be people writing in. Was clenched all day, driving over the speed limit, yelling "fuck" out the window multiple times a day. People are going to write in and say the reason why you were so pissed is because you were driving around listening to Saint Anger. If you would have taken the disc out and just tossed it out the window, you probably would have had a much better day. But of course, 
that's not true. We all know that St. Anger probably actually made your day just a little bit better. A little bit better. I was. It was fun to listen to it preparing for tonight's Clifford episode, but in the last 24 hours, I have broken and shattered one of my favorite neon lights. Oh, bud. My electric. That stuff has got chemicals inside of it. I was it. thinking that, like how much gas like expanded in my office that I don't know about. Probably a lot. Yeah. I hope you have a good ventilation system. I hope you change your filters and whatnot. It's just like <laughs> that toxic train wreck a couple days a couple days ago in Ohio. Nothing to see. Ohio, here, folks. not a big deal. Yeah, no. If you guys decide that just mustard you're gas drink, is in the air. <laughs> yeah, if you are going to drink some of this water, you might end up with a couple extra toes. Your dick might fall off. It might be gross. You never know. You might look like that three-eyed fish on The Simpsons. <laughs> okay, neon light shattered. My electric eagle lawnmower has officially died and is resting in peace. Oh, bud. Mm-hmm. How, how's how's the Tesla doing? Is that doing all right? The Tesla's doing amazing. Good. The Good. Tesla has never let me down. I also was at the dentist today getting a filling. Okay, well, that's always not, you know, a great day. And then after that, I came home and monkeyed with my irrigation system, a.k.a. lawn sprinklers, Mm. only to find out that the control panel on the side of the house died this afternoon as well. Everything else leading up to that, I'm really, I'm feeling for you that, mm-hmm. but what's your, what's the temperature in your state right now? It's probably like 75, 80 degrees outside right now, huh? Well, it's midnight at 77. Today was like an 85 degree sunny day as I put many miles on the Tesla going to and from Home Depot, Lowe's, the dentist, not the happiest camper today dealing with all that shit. It all happened today. I was like, can I just hit reset and have a sun kiss, zero sugar, and record an episode tonight and rock out to St. Anger? Please. Right. And like I said, I feel for you. That's 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 a bummer. But if it makes you feel at all better, my whole state is under a weather advisory until Thursday night. That's right. Not like a couple hours for multiple days because... We are supposed to get two plus feet of snow. Feet, not inches. With you <laughs> in your state of Minnesota, that's your people. That's why I don't live there anymore. And my snowblower is down right now. So I'm going to have to be shoveling the next couple days. That's why you have three kids. Put them out there and get some manual labor out of them. <laughs> they're at school. Oh, they're not going to be school with two feet of snow. Hey, you know, when I was a kid and when you were a kid, we would have gone to school with fucking four feet of snow. Dude. I never got snow days. Like, never. I. K through 12, I can remember one day. And that's when, like. Oh, you got you got me beat. I was going to say, I think maybe four, three or four K through 12 that I had. My kids have had this year alone have had, like, three snow days this year alone. Yeah, snow days. But we never had snow. I there was one day it was either like in 96 or 97. It was because of the windshield. Yeah. The windshield was the like wind shield. 58 below one day in Minneapolis. It was never for snow accumulation. It was always temperatures. 
Yeah, now it's all it's for snow bullshit. all the time. If, if the snow is heavy, then they're like, nope. Minnesota sucks to suck. Yeah, well, true words haven't been spoken. You're going to be trapped under snow. My day has been horseshit. I'm ready to take out some fucking anger and crank Jeff Winslow's favorite record. My favorite. <laughs> Not, and, it I is mean, your favorite. Don't backtrack that statement. We have. I never said it was number hundreds one. Hundreds of episodes to no, 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 to, no. to prove that you've said that. It was always number two. Okay. It was always number. It was always number two. But it's one of my favorites, definitely. Yeah, was, you know, starting at the top. Hold on, our singer just texted me. This better be important. Sorry, can't make it to the show. There's no, two it's almost sold out. Forecast, I can't come. It is almost sold out. So if you are coming to see Jeff and I April seventh at Bogarts, get your tickets now. At get your fifty fifty tickets. BogartsEntertainmentCenter dot com because they are going fast. It is our felt our farewell show. It better fucking sell out. What Chris just texted me was not important. That's to do with Avenged Sevenfold. Okay, back to Saint Anger. Okay, good. He didn't cancel the show. Cool. It's All still right on. Then. We're still gonna play Junior Dad and Lulu in its entirety. See, you already lost me. I signed out. Sorry. I went home. Dude, did you know? We talked about this like a month ago. Like, you were talking about if 72 seasons will get leaked. Right. St. Anchor was released five days before its original release date because shit got a little dicey on the World Wide Web. It's always getting dicey on the World Wide Web. People said, you know what? I still think 72 is going to be out before April 14th. I really do. That little Danishman tried to sue Napster. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to steal his fucking record and leak it. Mm-hmm. This day I'm and sure age, I don't, pro- I don't think it. you can keep that under wraps. That big of a record and band? Yeah, I think it maybe it might leak, but it won't leak to like anything mainstream. Like it won't be YouTube leaked or anything like that. Like you'll if you if it does get leaked, you'll have to go and like search some like BitTorrent website for it or some shit. I guarantee I'm, when I'm when not. not if when Jeff Winslow or Bob O'Rourke will be the one sending me the file because they're good with that shit. I be like, used check to this shit out. I used to be good with it, hence the reason why I was able to get hardwired before it came out. I remember you sent it to me two days later, and I'm like, how did you pull this off? But I don't know if that's going to happen this time. I mean, I don't see a lot of even big bands. Like, I I feel like I, maybe it's just because I don't look into it, but I, I feel like I don't hear a lot about albums leaking anymore. Okay. But, but you never know. I mean, like you said. It's a very big band, highly anticipated record. <laughs> it's a very big band. That was a great, great statement. Oh, well, what else like, would I say? No shit. I mean, they're they're they're, they're pretty big. <laughs> Somewhat relevant. <laughs> some somehow, some way, they stay relevant decade after decade, and that's what is truly amazing. <laughs> We're from the west side of Chicago. No shit. No shit. Well, that's my name. All right, 15 minutes. Let's get to the fucking cliff notes of one of the most controversial talked records. about records maybe of all time. See, they did one it of, right. One of few really interesting projects that is a great discussion piece. You know, maybe you look at it and they knew. 
let's face it, everything they do, it's a it's a chess move. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's strategically placed. They knew this album was going to be controversial. They knew the sound of it. Anybody with ears hears it, and I, it doesn't bother me. It never has and never will. But obviously, anybody with ears hears this record and goes, okay, whoa. There is a weird sound here. There is a mix that we have never heard from a multi-platinum recording artist. And, but yeah, look exactly and what you said. Multi-platinum famous producer. 20 years later, though, this album gets talked about more than Death Magnetic, Hardwired, and probably even the Load and Reload records combined. Oh, God, yes. And it's not usually for a good reason, but nonetheless, this record gets talked about all the time. Stays relevant. It does. For an album that everyone claims they hate so much, it sure gets talked about a lot. Like Load Reload, Bluesy Rock. Okay, they cut their hair. Okay, they played with a symphony. That's different. Okay, Death Magnetic, Rick Rubin. Um, There's some issues there. Solid record. Hardwired. Solid record. Lots to talk about there. 72, we don't know yet. Pretty convinced it's going to be a solid record. But when you hear... Like a hardwired, solid type of record. But when you hear St. Anger, (laughs) hardwired, magnetic, the loads, the symphony, all that shit goes aside. And and a lot of people have opinions when you just hear St. Anger. It is the record to talk about. It really is, if you look at it in retrospect. I mean, you look at the first song, Frantic. Now, people are expecting a Metallica record. Okay. And it's right off the bat, it's like, whoa, <laughs> there's something different going on here. <laughs> there's something a little bit different in the sound. The tuning's way lower. Mm-hmm. Just everything about it. But you know what was amazing about a lot of the riffs and even the main riff in Frantic? It's just, especially at that time, because this is the wave of, what, new metal at that time? Sure. Bands like Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, Mudvayne, the ones that they brought out with them, you know what I mean? Obviously Korn. I guess you could kind of, yeah, put Soulfly in there, you know? Incubus. It's a little more alternative, but... Seven Dust? Seven Dust could... Yeah, they could kind of creep their way okay. into the new metal scene. Okay. Even even Stain kind of was on the mm-hmm. surface of that, that whole new metal scene as well. Mm-hmm. But... They didn't do the type of riffing that Metallica did in this record. And it's not even the riff style. It's, it's the way the... the chord progressions are just everything about it it's i've never quite heard a record like this record well there's no other record in the history of music that sounds even musically uh, the like i said the chord progression compared to someone else but you but you can't sound dynamic arrangement it's (laughs) it's it's one of one and think about that. Every single one of their albums, prior and post St. Anger, 
not that they they all definitely it's not like they're they're a ripoff or anything like that but they're for every single one of those records you could find a record out there that has that maybe that kind of sound that kind of influence whatever you want to call it you know what i mean not with this one <laughs> not with this one i've been looking and i've never found a band that has written the type of riffs that are in this or even had that kind of weird sound that's because jeff your lifestyle determines your death style <laughs> I'm searching for donuts. I'm searching for donuts. But when you look, you were mentioning a couple. Just think of, uh, God, it just dawned on me. How personal Justice and the Black Album were for James at a young age. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about just look at like screaming suicide. You can really tell what's coming around the corner with 72 is going to be probably as personal as it gets for him that we've ever heard. Hopefully, because that sometimes brings out the best, you know, deepest emotion. The thing that I always think about St. Anger is that record had to happen for Metallica to continue on. Say what you want about the tuned down guitars. Say what you want about the the snare drum. Say you, what you want about Bob. Say what you want about of how Purify is not a good song. But when you they had to step outside the box. Yeah, totally. But when you think, like when you turn the music off and read all the lyrics to Saint Anger, that whole record is James on a whole nother level of really opening up some heavy shit. Some dark shit. Well, yeah, and well, and the thing is, so load and reload. They have that very dark imagery. It's not like he's just coming out. And you know, I think we spoke about it in the last episode. You know, the lyrics they were intelligent. He didn't just come out and just say very basic things. But it was definitely very dark imagery. You could tell that it was coming from, you know, probably internal struggles and life experiences. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. This album, definitely dealing with some dark stuff, but again, and it they've said it before, the, the title suggests it, it's, it's all very angered-based. It's very angry, like, I'm not dealing with this emotion in the sense that, you know, I want to put it out in this dark way, I just want to say, fuck you. Mm-hmm. To everybody, basically. Fuck you to your <laughs> sprinkler control and your electric lawnmower that just took a shit. Exactly. <laughs> Favorite line, if I could have my wasted days back, would I use them to get back on track? That can mean so many things, and it, that, that line's always stuck with me when I think of that song. Yeah. Are you wasting your days, or are you making the best of life, you know? Sometimes it makes me wonder... Which, of course, I love the music to this record, but it makes me wonder what some of these lyrics would have sounded like to a little bit more melodic, load-esque type of music. Like a bleeding or hero? Something like that, you know, just kind of that dark, a little bit more, you know, sing-along but melodic type of song. 
what did you think the first time you heard Frantic as you pop in the record? Because obviously you knew you knew there was something different coming into this record. I mean, even the you see the album cover and it's like there's no there's no Metallica logo anywhere. It's just I'm like sweet fist. It looks like something from a Lego display. (laughs) It kind of does. The first time I heard Frantic, I know exactly where I was and what car I was sitting in. Oh, a 2002 Kia Spectra four-door manual transmission five speed i know you like those details i do and look at you driving the korean cars (laughs) (laughs) a lot of things have changed since then (laughs) i was sitting in the best buy parking lot in uh burnsville minnesota right off of 35w and 13 yeah because my good friend at the time uh high school buddy justin titus Worked at Best Buy and he like got a hold of me. It was before texting. I believe he called me and he's like, "Dude, the record's on the shelf right now. Something got leaked and they're they're on sale right now." And I'm like, "On the way." Sat in the parking lot, put it in. I think up until that point, I only heard "Sane Anger" and "Scum" were the singles. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not remember hearing "Frantic" until I actually put the CD in the car. Yeah, I don't know if that one came out until... And in the parking lot, I was listening to Frantic going, um, okay, this is going to take a while to digest. This, they're, Wow. <laughs> the, the whole record sounds like this. Here, I thought maybe it was just one or two songs. I'm talking... The whole record. I'm talking just Frantic. There's a lot going on that I have to digest and kind of decode here to figure out where the fuck we are. <laughs> Keep searching. Do the good old uh, "You Live It or Lie It" Kirk backing box. <laughs> God, that's good. It's got the the album cover has got this kind of Doctor Seuss vibe you know, with the orange and. Mm-hmm. The... So that's that's the first time I heard it, and I remember sitting in that parking lot listening to the first four or five songs before like I even turned the car on. I was like, holy, things are a little different here for the next uh, couple years, kids. To me, I still look at this record, and I think of when I was a kid, and I'm looking at it as the new record, and now I'm looking at it, and it's it's a retro album now. What the frig? Dude, just think it's 2023. We're coming up on 20 years, and it feels like about five yeah, I feel like they're still touring with the green kit. <laughs> Fuck. Rob's still wearing Jinkos. Yeah, James has still got the freaking slick back. <laughs> Playing the LTD on the St. Anger songs. Yeah, the F series. Yeah, the, yeah that's right. I was just going to say. Gross. Frantic Live these days. Not gonna lie, amazing, fucking so crushes. I, it crushes. I actually think I actually think it sounds better these days it does. than it did on that tour. It does. It sounds so good. It sounds tighter than they ever. They play at the fortieth. They've they've played at a few. You know, I saw it at AfterShock in Sacramento. I'm like, this song live, twenty years later, it, fucking it slaps, kills. Yeah. Well, as we move on to the title track, Saint Anger, where for the rest of the record, the snare is turned off. Personally, this is still one of my favorite songs off this record, even though it's very repetitive. It was just, there was always something about it that I really enjoyed. It's got a very interesting, unique riff. Mm -hmm. 
and you flush it out. Yeah, it, you get a little bit of toilet vibes from from this song. Fuck it all and no regrets. Jeff hits the lights on these dark Bogart sets. Do you think he purposely said hit the lights and then fuck it all, fucking no regrets? I think he probably had a rhythm or a melody in his head, and he's like, I can't get away from it. I really don't care, so I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say hit the lights, and I'm gonna say a line from Damage Inc. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Before I forget, Bob Rock said they spent no more than 15 minutes miking up the drum kits and getting the drum sounds before they actually hit record. Think about that. 15 minutes? 15 minutes. Um, from hmm. talking to Jimmy Clark, they spent like just under a month getting the drums dialed in for Hardwired before they even hit record. Think yeah, of so that. That's re- Think that's of re- that. That's ridiculous. Especially when the homie triggers. Why do you got to do all that anyways? <laughs> but think about getting a room ready for under a month for Hardwired. And for St. Anger, they just said, put some mics up. We're going for this. We'll EQ it later and record. Let's go. Like a, like a month? Come on. The drums don't sound that good on that record for a month's worth of work just to set them up. Ay, ay, ay. I bet the Black Elm was the same kind of time timeline. Black Album needed a month and it because was you analog. were doing it all. Exactly, because I was just about to say, it's analog. It needed that. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar, analog means working with, like, rabbit ears. <laughs> <laughs> this song definitely showed that Lars Ulrich still had what it takes to be a thrash metal drummer. Because this is the first time... I mean, Frantic's got a little bit of, you know, fast-paced drumming in it, but nothing compared to saying the double bass, just how aggressive it is. It's cruising, and what is that, the first time you hear that kind of double bass since Injustice for All? From 88 Mm. to 2003? Think about everything in between there. Yeah. Think about that. Excuse me. There's none of that on the Black Elm. There's no load and reload with that. There's no like thrashy from Injustice all the way to St. Anger. That's crazy. Rocking on a dry K-Ride Zildjian. (laughs) (laughs) Or a Swish Knocker. Yeah. Dude, St. Anger, there's parts of it that I love and there's parts of it that I don't love. But the parts that I don't love is what made that album what it is. It's almost like they were uncomfortable mm-hmm. while making the record, so us as the listeners are going to be uncomfortable while listening to it. Very much so. But in in a good way, in my opinion. Back to what you're saying about Lars's drumming. As a drummer, if if this record would have sounded normal, tuned up, snares on, this would have been one of the top records for Lars. Because that gets so overshadowed. No one talks about it. Yeah, no one talks about what he actually did right. on this record. And it's it's a shame because he obviously, you can watch Scom, the movie, and you can see there was clearly times while recording it that he was not having any fun. And he he put a lot into trying to do something a little bit different. And not so conventional, and he didn't get enough credit for being creative. No, not not even close. If you go, just because the record sounds weird. 
if you go listen to this record start to finish and really hone your ears on the drumming just put a black album justice even load reload sound in your mind on those songs and be like that is some fucking good shit getting put down right there now this is one thing i will say are there some corny little things yes are there some things that i think he did one take on and said fuck it yes that a lot of us were like not really digging that but overall pretty fucking good bud what I would like to see, we talk about justice in remasters, and we say no, keep the integrity of it. Absolutely, I don't want. I don't. I don't want. I don't want Saint Anger remastered to be replaced because this album needs to stay sounding uncomfortable and sounding. I agree, because that's how it is. But it would be cool if they did a remaster, deluxe edition of it for the twenty year that had a disc or a version of the record with a different mix. Cause in today's, with today's technology, it's more than doable sure. to, to overdub certain things, you know, take the audio from that. But the last time that you and I had converted to MIDI and, but the last some different, I agree. But the last time you and I had Phil toll on, you said there's going to be a, a sweater sample in every box set oh. from Phil's collection. There should be. Or there some post it notes. Some kind of monster, the song. I don't call it some kind of monster. It's scum. It's always been scum. It's always been scum. Very interesting concept. Real in quick. Terms real of, quick. Real quick. Real quick. Yeah. How many times real do you think quick. they've played St. Anger? Mmm. Two eighteen, damn close. One eighty-five. Oof! I knew it'd be somewhere up there. It's it's definitely one of those songs that you same with frantic that the number is probably higher than you think it is just because you forget they played it every single night. One hundred eighty-five times. I feel my world shake like an earthquake. Hard to see clear. Is it Jeff? Is it fear? I'm sure they probably won't do St. Anger, the song, very many more times in their career, but it would be cool if they keep Frantic as a, I don't say a mainstay, but that's like a, you know, every five or six shows or every four shows type of song. I'd be good with either one. Yeah. This is another one that they, they did well. Unfortunately, Scom has only been played three fucking times. That doesn't surprise me. It's a very long song. And when they played it, they probably played the radio edit version that's like four and a half minutes. Good point. There is two uh, versions of this. I always love the riff in the song. The dun 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 That's got groove. That riff going into that part is... It's got some weight. You know, I like the radio edit version because you get that normal mix on it the the normal drum sound yes but there's something about that fuzzy nasty guitar little lead that james does the 
True. Because you know that's James doing that, and it just sounds disgusting on the record. It sounds all fuzzed out, and there's just <laughs> something about that that I'm like, I hear it, and I just make the Mister Yuck face, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. <laughs> I love the distorted fuzz, almost feedback right around where it's, are we the people? <laughs> yup. There's definitely a Nasty lot of that feedback. Like, yeah, the natural feedback. There's a couple songs where like you hear him like plugging the guitar in mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's cool to get that the realism or you know, as they called it, the the what is it? They want to sound like a band that's going into the garage for the first time. Only this band is Metallica. Are we the people? You know, when you think of the recording process, dude, of everything that was going on with their lives, with therapy, with Phil, with rehab, I really don't think that much time was spent recording these tracks. I really don't. I think what you hear is a lot of one, two, three, maybe four takes. We all know that the vocals and the lyrics were, many of them were one takes. I don't yeah, think there was much p- time with the record light on going, oh, let's do that for the you know 74th time. I don't think that happened on this record. They make it seem like in the movie that there was a lot more of their time spent on recording. But I yeah, don't that think actually, it was like what we're used to seeing them do like in year and a half. I don't think it was exactly. close to that. That's what I was going to say is I never thought about it that way because, again, the movie portrays it as – because that's obviously the, the main focus is – this band making a record. I mean, it's a documentary, but it was it was still a movie, so they had to they had to make it still somewhat, you know, watchable for for people. But yeah, that's a great point. There's probably not as much as we Mm-mm. were led to believe as far as time spent actually recording. There was more time arguing and fighting and zone it, bone it. I'd seriously think like the feedback and hearing shit get plugged in and drumsticks being clanked around was like that's what it was and we're gonna keep it and we're not we're not gonna do another take. Well, it definitely created something special, something special that we'll never hear from them again. Which, oh man, how great would it be? Seventy-two seasons. Like, I just want a one sane anger-ish riff. You know what I mean? Just a you know. Just something low tuned, kind of dirty sounding. They can keep the These snare are the eyes on. that can't see me. These are the hands that drop your trust. These are the boots that kick you around. This is the tongue that speaks on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of spitting lyrics and scum. There's a lot going on, a lot and of like this, I said, I lo- this and these. I like the concept behind it, as they say in the movie. You know, kind of building the Frankenstein, but it is a little cheesy. It's totally cheesy, just like some of the drum fills and a, a lot of the lyrics. But when you take that part out of it and listen to, it's funny that it's a track three as well. Think right. think about last <laughs> week talking about uh, a house that Jack built in and uh, Devil Dance. Think of think of that three kind of sludge again, and without the cheesy lyrics. And if this song was tuned up, I think it would be right up there. 
I think it'd be way up there if it was a normal tuning and it wasn't, you know, kind of this cheesy monster shit. Potentially. Potentially normal mix and... Metallica, if you're listening, play that song live more often. Just three times was not enough. That's like Minus Human. Like, get on it. Get on it, for sure. This next song, they've played a lot lately. Dude, this is the ballad track of the record. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Metallica. Wasn't a huge fan of how they did that. Just because I feel like the way they say... The band name, it just doesn't flow with the da 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 Jeff Winslow, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, you know, the starting of Hardwired, man. We just got a snare intro. Hardwired, freaking Dirty Window, same song. Great riff in this song, though. That's a riff that's like no other. It's... It's so simple, but it has that little groove. It just yeah, there's just something I don't want to even say it. bounce to it, but it's got something. It's kind of like a little happy riff. Well, and when they play it, you know, and it kicks in, you know, James. Ha ha! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm judging, I'm jury, and I'm executioner. Do 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 do. That part. Solid. You know what I always loved about this song Sludgy is the fact too. that you. You get to hear Lars expand a little bit because the jam block. Yeah, never before have <laughs> we heard him use anything other than a splash as something unconventional, quote unquote, for the wood Lars. block. Yeah, and now he gets the gets the little block I'm out, and I always really enjoyed that. Executioner too. The little little riff underneath it is it's a tasty little riff i love how they play it live right now yeah they do it well it's another one that they well they do well cheesy lyrics again like i see my reflection it looks different projecting all that stuff this house is clean baby this house is clean but flows well yeah it does flow how many times they played that live that's probably not too many what maybe 38 40 Oh, you were so close. 46. Oh, man. You're in the zone tonight, man. You were good the other night on the Justice record, too. Then we brought Larry and Bob in, and the numbers just went down the tank. Way to go, boys. Projector, protector, rejector, infector, projector, rejector, infector, injector, defector, rejector, detector. That'd be a hell of a trivia question. <laughs> yeah. The, I get why he did that, but it's like, oh, man, why did you have to do all the? That's just too many words that rhyme. And the fact that they all kind of go together is what's really funny. <laughs> Powerful lyric from that song, I drink from the cup of denial. I'd love to know what he was thinking when that got written down on paper. 
probably in that, in uh, rehab. Yeah, it probably wasn't Vastrovia in Russia. <laughs> Nastrovia. <laughs> Have you ever had Akavit? I don't think so. It's a uh, um. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's either a Norwegian or it's a Russian vodka. And it's like it's like fucking drinking jet fuel. So every oh, time, in, every time in the movie when he's like Nastrovia, I can feel my throat absolutely burning with cut glass being swallowed at the same time. That's what it felt like. Oh man! See, you know I'm not a big vodka person anymore. Just the tequila, tequila, the, the Tijuana water, as I call it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I like Invisible and Kid. I like Invisible Kid. I was just about to say, let's let's move on. They, now they tune it down even lower for Invisible Kid. This is where we get to see the Grinch for the first time in the DVD um, or the live rehearsal DVD. James pulls the Grinch out for this one. So Frantic Through Dirty Window was just a detuned? I think, if I remember correctly, Frantic Through Window are Drop C. I think Okay. Kid... Sorry, Drop. You're, you're, you're right. I think kid in unnamed feeling kid goes I lower say i think they're either b or a i don't remember for sure i'd have to have to go back and look but they are tuned a little bit lower invisible, yeah, invisible kid, kid jeff winslow playing a sanitarium solo at bogart's entertainment center I think that this is an underrated song, and it gets overlooked because Lars decided to do some goofy ass beat for the fucking verse, like with the off the tom, the tom. It, like it just kind of doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't really have the oomph that you're looking for. But it builds up if you can get through the whole, you know, eight and a half, eight forty, whatever it is. It's long. Min- it's a long song. If you can get through all of it, you get to the end. When that last verse kicks in, it's incredibly heavy. It is. Open your heart. Be- I'm beating right here. That part? No. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it some sound samples going here. What a good boy. When it goes into the last verse after this. I don't care what anyone says, this is one of the heaviest parts on the record. Right here. Dead, dead. A straightforward double bass, just. I feel like if the first verse would have came out the gate like that, the song would have been a much bigger hit. Not hit, but... Highly underrated. It's it's one of those songs that it's because, again, I feel like it has such a weird kind of, you know, unconventional riff, unconventional beat. It just kind of gets over... 
overlooked on that record. The only part I don't like is where it slows down. It's like, ooh, what a good boy you are. It's like, dude, you just had huge energy, and now you just... Yeah, and you slowed it down. Fuck. It I makes, was like, what is that? It makes you wonder why they decided to do that with like almost every song, where they were like, we have to put something just... And it wasn't even like a slow part, but just something weird in the middle. There, Almost all the songs on this record have... So it was nine minutes thing. long, but that middle part, I was like, no, not digging that. The next song, favorite song on the record. Fuck right. Fuck right. Fuck, Fuck right. right. That's my new word. This is, a, this is my favorite song on the record by far. Definitely top three for sure for me. Pull it back a little bit so I can hear more of your voice. That's perfect. I can edit is that, that in. Yep. I love playing this. This is the only song Jeff and I have played off of this record. Love the riff. Love the tempo. Love the lyrics. To me, this is an underrated Metallica song just in general. And the fact that they never played it live is so weird. Smooth. Edgy, but still smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about this song with like a modern mix, and this song would have been a staple of what they would have played live at during that tour. With the Tombi right here but still huge accents on the cymbals. I will say, I always thought the toms sounded pretty decent on this record. Solid. Deep. The toms don't sound bad. Toms are fucking perfect. Mother sucker. I love how he does it with the hi-hat. Such a great transition. So simple, but it works. The riff, too, it's so simple, but it fits the whole motif of the record and just all the corporations they were doing. It's got a great, it's got a great interlude. The whisper part? No, the... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yep. Absolutely. Like it only rains on, like it only rains on me. Love that part. Great group. I don't know what it is, but the not only do I not know the answer. Probably this, probably the part of the record that fits the most. Yeah. It's kind of got that call and response with himself. Yeah. And I'm like, when we play that live, I just, there's just something about her. I'm like, that is fucking just awesome. Another song where it's like, tune it up, put it on black, load, reload, whatever you want to put it on, and that would be a much bigger song than it is as we know it today. That's always how I kind of felt about the next song, Shoot Me Again. I feel like that's another very underrated song where there was a couple parts that maybe were a little 
unnecessary, but overall the song has got some, it's got some really good parts in it. The, the verse isn't bad. I actually feel like the, the whole build up to the chorus, the shoot me again, shoot me again. Come on, shoot me. That's the worst part of the song. Yeah. It gets a little cringy. It could have got a better transition Absolutely. going into the chorus, but the chorus itself isn't bad. The all I shots I take. It's the best part. Yeah, it's it. There's some really good parts of this song. Spit back at you, and I love the riff. Dun, 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 dun. The riff is bouncy. It's a good bouncy riff with a bullet in my back. <laughs> a back Wake the sleeping giant. Wake the beast. Wake the sleeping dog. Don't let him sleep. I like that part. I just wish the lyrics were a little less cheesy for it. Because mm-hmm. how it kicks into that part, it's it's a heavy part. But the, I always felt, even when I was younger, that the lyrics were just not quite... You know, for an album as angry as it should have been, that part should have had that kind of fist-to-the-chest type of, type of lyrics. I spit back at you. <sighs> Yeah, when he love that from Scom. Yeah, <laughs> you still think "Shoot Me Again" was about Napster and all the shots they took? <laughs> it always seemed to fit. It fits so. that narrative, right? I, I, I think that's my opinion. Yes. <clears throat> now I need to spit back at you. <laughs> I think it would be cool if it was, because then not the whole. Wait, let me rephrase that. It would be cool if it was about that, because then the entire record wouldn't just be about like James's personal life or whatever it is. Because it seems like a lot of that record, and not that that's not okay, but it's it's cool to see another mm-hmm. uh, tribulation within their career, kind of maybe unfold within the song. An important chapter of their <laughs> of their lives oh, and, and career. Well, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. Especially at that time. A lot of this is some of the most important times of their lives. Definitely for being older in their career and in their lives, very formative years for a band that had already been formed and established. But those years were very formative to how they were going to be mm-hmm. current day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of the actions and the decisions they made then is why they're still as relevant as they are now. Well said. The Unnamed Feeling. Great way to start the song with just the big open chords. I'm going to have to stop you right there. You skipped a very important song. Oh, I skipped Sweet Amber. Yeah, oh, I just realized Jeff that. Winslow just mixed up Saint Anger. Breaking didn't news. Do, f- news flash alert. Didn't I do that on Injustice too? Yeah, you skipped Harvester. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, kind of a big song we just got to talk about here, bud. Oh, yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, Sweet Amber. Uh, I, I always liked the song from day one. Chase the rabbit, fetch the stick. Yeah, so the verse is kind of weak in this song. This is where, you know, when it gets to the, ooh, ooh as she holds my hand. And like, I gotta get a smile. From there into the chorus, ooh, sweet 
How sweet are you? Very chunky and heavy. Some really good parts in that song. And again, another song where the riff, the down, 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 I mean, that's a that's a gnarly riff. Jeff, have you ever gotten in bed with your own kind? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that statement means. I never... When you think of that line, when every time he says it, I'm always like, I wonder what the fuck that's referring to. Oh, do humans not get into bed with other humans anymore? Were you getting into bed with a dog? With the dog. Get in the car. Get in the car. It's Fenway Park. Get in the car. Get, get in the car, Mac. Get in the car. I have a beef with this song. And what is that? Oh, they've only played it once. Wow. Lubbock, Texas. One and done with that uh, debut. And they probably said, hmm, that was fun. Never again. There's a reason we won't play that song. Obviously, the song seems to be uh, about the booze. You know. Oh, God, yeah. But... Again, this record. No, it was it was about honey because he was gonna get some bees, <laughs> and then ice honey. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of this record, frantic, Saint Anger, are the live songs. Scom three times, Dirty Window got on some weird kick the last couple years, and everything else until Nothing. we get to the last track has has never happened. That's what's weird. Sweet does it gas What album have they toured and never played in its entirety by the time that tour pretty the much wraps up? Over. Yeah. Or we haven't heard, you know, when they played a record in its entirety. It's like, come on guys. Yeah, I mean, other than <laughs> Justice, they pretty much did everything else uh, in a lot of their records. Obviously, there's a lot of Load and Reload that didn't get played, but that was also two records that came out very, very close to each other with a lot of songs. I still think if this record didn't sound the way that we know it today, more of these songs would be in the live shuffle. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying earlier with... Uh, uh, what was it My World? I think like if it had that mainstream recording sound, there there's a good chance that it would have ended up. Because I, I don't think they they never even played My World live. No, never. Which is crazy. But Jeff and Shane have. And for the record, I fucking use a different snare on that song live. Thank you very much. Just so just so you could get the actual. I had two snares on the road when we were playing that in rotation. That's called dedication, motherfucker. That is dedication. All right, now we can move on to Unnamed Feeling because I haven't forgotten any songs in between there now. <laughs> I kind of feel like an idiot right now, I got to admit. Why? I always think of Amber as a more mellow, like, cleaner tune, and it's Why? not even because close. Because once that song takes off, it fucking goes. It's because you're thinking of 311. Oh, amber is the color of your energy. That's a great song, by the way. <laughs> I love 311 so much. 311's highly 
underrated. Highly underrated. Holy freak. Yes. Like the insanely in that underrated. Band. It's I've not had my, some. It's not my go-to. Obvi- uh, it's obviously. Holy fuck! It's obviously not my go-to style of music. But when I have gotten in a three eleven mood, I'm stuck on them for like a month. Yeah, I definitely. I've had some very long benders with. Mm-hmm. I mean, like rabbit holes, like in the car for like a month with them. They're probably a band that I would put. Just because of how long I've been a fan of theirs and how deep I dive into their record collection, it's, you know, for me, probably like a top 15 band for me. I'd say 15, 20 in my world. No pun intended. (laughs) Right. You know who I'm really in a rabbit hole with currently? Who? Pantera. Really? Huge right now. Like I got all the VHS videos out there night and I'm been like binge watching. Good old Pantera. I just been I've been listening to podcasts. I've been listening to a band called Crystal Lake. Like crazy. I've been listening to them and then I've been still in this nickelback phase. I don't know. There's just something about them. Wow. I realize now that people who hate nickelback, they're just haters. That's all. Sucks to say hates to hate. I've been on a huge uh Southern Trenkill kick for about the last fuck two three weeks. I mean, like on repeat in the car. Love that record. Reinventing the Steel, I think, will always be my favorite record. But I definitely Steel was a little bit too far of a left turn for me. That's how I felt about Trenkill. Like that one's. I felt like it kind of ended at Trenkill. I see. I thought it got better once Steel came. The trend is over. The but I trend also like, is fucking over. I like uh, Projects in the Jungle and Power Metal, too. The pre-Cowboys yes. from Hell record. That was the glam hair metal shit. There was some good stuff there. The trend kill is just... I don't know what it is. It's just that record that you go to, huh? And it's not my favorite record. It's just like a mood I'm kind of like grinding in right now. Maybe it has to do with my fucking mower and fucking sprinklers. I don't know. Yeah, you want to kill every mower and... (laughs) Suicide note part two, motherfucker. Right. (laughs) Been here before, couldn't say I liked it. Do I start writing all this down? This was one of my favorite songs off the record, right off the bat. Picture Adele up. saying, and I die a little more. <laughs> Just think of picture, that. Picture Adele saying, get the fuck, fuck out of here. Just get the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me, Jason Newstead. I know you're covering my shit now. Yeah, that that's what the song was about. It was about Jason. <laughs> By the way, the uh, toilet seat and piss mat is at the framer as we speak. You'll see it next week. Ooh, I like that. I'm excited. Really excited. Before we see, get any with... further... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yep. go... No, you go ahead. Did you know that Bob Rock has a writing credit on every song? Yes, I did. That's not bad for the old uh, paycheck royalties. Yeah, this album still sold a few copies. Eh, it went to number one. It did something right. Just think about that for all the St. Anger haters out there. Guess what? Mm-hmm. 
number one, Kirk and Bob. Credits on every single song. Uh, you know, you got to give it to Bob. If it wasn't Bob, you wouldn't have this record. For multiple reasons. If it wasn't for Bob, you probably wouldn't have Metallica. You probably wouldn't have a podcast for all. Bob was like the glue that held them together at that time. At least, you know, part of it. Just plug me into my world. I always love the way it started because this is a prime example of a record that everyone thinks sounds like crap. But you hear, I thought always thought this had great guitar tone. This record and that song is a prime example because you get to hear the main riff there in the beginning, the or the intro riff, I should say. Unnamed. And it's just that, yeah, and it's yeah. just that open, and it's that's chunky. It's thick. It's got a little bit of mid range punch, which I like, you know, because Metallica is obviously known for scooping a lot of their mids mm-hmm. and their tone, and as they progressed That's further a sound though yeah as they progressed further into their career you know especially coming into this record there was there was a little bit more going on there with the mids and i don't know i just i, I enjoyed the guitar tone on this record still to this day you fool you fool it'll be here soon i i love the the feel and this is one of those songs where like the lyrics really stick with me I, I can probably sing more of this song than I can remember riffs and, and drum beats. You know, what's interesting about this song is this song is the unforgiven of this record, almost. Think about the chorus. The chorus is quiet, and the verses have distorted That's true. guitar. That's true. It's kind of uh, spun around. It's that whole backwards thing that Lars was talking about when writing Unforgiven. In the unnamed feeling. Cannot sleep in this downfilled world. Jeff, I'm frantic in your soothing arms, if you're wondering. Mm. My arms are not soothing. Comes alive, <laughs> comes alive. At the moment I die a little more. <laughs> Who would have thought that it would take St. Anger for Shane Oroki to come out in full effect on almost every song? I just you love saying more you saying more on this record than you have on any of the other ones. You think so? Oh, definitely. Get I love the it. fuck out of it. Just wanna get the fuck away from me. I rage, I glaze, I hurt, I hate, I hate it all. Why, why, why me? <laughs> that part's a little cheesy, That's but I love it. That's actually hard when you think about it. I like it, well, especially on kind of with the beat and how he's doing it. It doesn't flow. It does not. I don't like that part, but I like it when he says, I want to hate it all away before it goes back into the riff. I want to cry. I want to scream. What does I glaze mean? Your eyes glazed over or what? Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, maybe he was stoned. I rage, I glaze, I hurt, I hate. Get the fuck out of here. I just want to get the fuck out. I I hurt, I 
was talking about Krispy Kreme donuts. I want to hate it all the way when Jeff flubs up the solo on Stone Cold Crazy. I'm going to flub up the solo in Unnamed Feeling. Oh, wait. Don't give away any hints to our last set list, goddammit. Well, actually, our set list is going to include this next song, Shane's favorite song of the record, Purify. You know, this is actually uh, a song that negative. I, I'm not even a huge fan of for being the biggest St. Anger lover, but I've always said the same thing about it, and you got to admit the very opening the riff. The just the opening riff. There's two riffs just, in this song like, that just, are fucking it's like, good. It's like the first 30 seconds of the song. Great riff. And even how it kicks in, you're hearing it, you're like, oh shit, this is going to be a banger. Right there. Right there. How do you not move to that? That's what I'm saying. It had so much potential, and then if you just listen to that song right now, wherever you are listening to Jeff and I babble, if you did not eardrum, ear guitar, or bang your head during that part, there's something really wrong with you. Exactly. But how did the how did the song start so strong, and then just kind of fall off? <laughs> Purify. It's just, it's so good right up until, tear it down, strip the layers off, my turpentine. Yeah. (laughs) The lyrics, the riff, the drum beat, everything about that when it kicks in, it's like super headbanging. And then you're like, wait, I don't know what I should be doing here. You're like, Ricky Bobby, I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) It's true. And it's so funny because there's been times where you and I are sound checking and you tend to go to that riff a lot just fucking around with tuned down stuff. Love that riff. And then I kick in with that main beat and then as soon as it gets to that tear it down we're like eh, and, and we that's just, the end of that. And we just lost our boner. Yep. It's fun Beep. to play for about 30 seconds. And it then... is. That would that if they ever did a St. Anger medley that would have to fucking kick it off. That would have to start it without that a fucking doubt. riff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anger medley. We should do a a Saint Anger medley. I would want 30 seconds of Purify. There'd have to be a big part of my world. I'd probably put Unnamed in there and Scom. So I'd probably do Purify. Maybe Frantic. My world, Saint Anger. Some hands. Frantic, tick, 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 tock, medley. Yeah, Purify, there's not really much to say about the song other than it's got a good opening there's not, riff. because it sucks. There's, it sucks. There's some parts in it that are like, eh, but overall, yeah, it's a pretty passable song. We could just chalk that up as a loss. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to fucking take the L where you get them, you know what I mean? Jeff, as a diehard die St. Anger fan, I just want you to say, yes, people, Purify sucks. And go. Purify sucks. Okay, it's on the record. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been a 10 track record not 11 if you take purify off there it's and then it's end a lot it with better 
all within my hands. It's a lot better if you get rid of Purify because you go right from unnamed to hands. So speaking of hands, let's move into that because we're done with Purify. Okay. Tell me that when the record first comes out, you're going, wait a minute. Hands starts and you're like, I feel like I've heard this before because it kind of has the same intro as Shoot Me Again. <laughs> That's a little different, but it kind of has that, you know, the wah, the... <laughs> The problem with this version of Hands, it sucks compared to the acoustic version of Hands, and now like version 3, the heavier version of Hands that we just got in December. It, yeah, the weird part no, is, is there's no boot that boot that boot that boot You do that pretty well. I'm not. I'm, that was pretty good. I hate that beat. <laughs> I love this song. I've never had a problem with this song. I don't I cannot stand what the fuck he does there. I've never had a problem with this song, and I definitely like the two remixes, but I don't like them better than the the OG version two. I, um, what I'll refer to as the S and M two version of Hands is 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 what I think of when I hear that title. And I do like, like I said, I really like it, but I like the dynamics of this. I like when it all kind of right before the chorus kicks in, it it gets quiet and James is doing like this weird little like freaking like Hawaiian sounding little finger picking thing. You know what I mean? And it's, he's singing and he's got the harmonies. There's, there's just something about the dynamics of that song that I've always really liked. It doesn't flow the best, I'll admit, and there's some weird stuff. But it's it's one of those songs that you either you love it or you hate it. There's not really much in between. And I definitely love the song. I know you I'll do. Admit it. There's parts of it that are awesome. And I hate to say this, but <clears throat> the way it's arranged is like, that's the Judas kiss of St. Anger. I could see that. It's like, here's a riff, here's a drum fill, uh, here's a really weird verse, and now we're back to a part that doesn't sound anything like the song, and here's another weird drum beat that we're going to throw in, and here's a weird fill to go into the third verse, and it's like, holy chop fest. It is weird, but like I said, I don't know what it is about that song. Squeeze it's probably almost, my hands. It's probably almost a top three. Like It'd probably be Sane Anger, My World, and Hands would probably be my three favorite songs. Not in any particular order, but those would be like the top three from that record that I would probably go to. I know you'd say that. In your opinion, do you think any of this song was directed at Newstead? At one time, but I don't think. When you read it, you got to think about it. Yeah, no, I know, but I, I don't think so because I don't think by this point, I don't know. I don't think there was... It didn't seem like there was the animosity from James. Like, I think he he figured it out why he left. I don't I don't think there was any reason for him to vent that. Okay. I don't know. I've I've had that feeling before, and I and I've I've heard people say that before, and I can see why when you read the lyrics. I can definitely see why, but I don't know. I just I don't think so. Do you? There's been times 
yes. There's been times no. Overall, I think it had a theme to go along with Jason leaving. It might have. It might have, yeah. We'll only let you breathe my air that you receive. Then we'll see if I let you love me. That's personal. Well, and that's what I was going to say is like part of it. It, it feels like it feels like a lot of this record. He's just talking to himself. Like it's like James having a conversation with himself. And that's what I always kind of felt was more the case with all within my hands is that it's like, Everything that he would have within his hands, he would essentially crush. You know, he would he'd ha- he has all the control of everything, mm-hmm. but still manages to break it. You know what I mean? Don't you sit alone in your car going down I thirty five going kill 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 kill? <laughs> Probably kill, not. Kill, kill kill kill. The other thing we haven't talked about. This entire episode, this entire evening, this entire record. What's your favorite guitar solo from this record? Oh yeah, there's some really good ones. Some some rippers, iconic, a lot of wah. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably. I mean, if you were, we're gonna go wah, you know, it's got to be the intro to uh, you know, uh, what was it? Shoot me again, or or that was a solo, all with, or all within <laughs> my hands. Yeah, that's that's or maybe that's G- the extent of Kirk soloing. James's solo in the beginning of Sweet Amber. Do, do, That's a solo. Do, do, do. No, it'd be the... There we go. Point. <laughs> oh, wait. What about Kirk's lead in Frantic? Keep searching. With a red tiger stripe Les Paul, usually. Fuck yeah. Keep on searching. This search goes on. I'm surprised we didn't bring that up earlier. I do remember listening to this in the Best Buy parking lot in Birdsville, Minnesota, going, um, no guitar solos is the new Metallica, and if that's the new Metallica, this is not going to be fun. Because let's admit it, we've all been Metallica, Kirk Hammett solo fans for a long time when this came out. We sure have. Like, where's the special sauce, Kirk? It was just like, every, you tune down, you turn the snare off, there's no solos. What has happened to our band, and is it over? Can I just say something that I think is bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> if you put a guitar solo, if you don't put a guitar solo on it. It's like, Kirk, why didn't you just start fucking soloing? Did they literally, because nowhere in that movie did I hear them say, hey, Kirk, you can't play a guitar solo. Mm -hmm. So why did you start ripping, dog? He was too busy riding horses at that ranch we saw in Scom. He was too busy surfing, going to fucking traffic school and shit. Can't surf when you're hungover, man. (laughs) Or at least I can't. (laughs) I can't drive 35. Great times. Well, there you have it, folks. That's Sane Anger in a nutshell. We have a quick vote. Oh. It's a real simple one. Let it be known that when you and I... uh, What are you trying to say? I don't know. What are you trying to say? 
you and I texted a couple days ago going, how deep into anger are we going to get? And I said, let's listen to some tunes and let's pick a few songs and voila, we just talked about all 11 of them right there. There's too much to talk about on this record to skip around. There really is a lot more than you think there's going to be yes. once you start breaking it down. Absolutely. And when I listen to it all day today, driving around pissed off with a shitty day, it's it's one of those moments where you put the record on and you're like, God, this is some good shit. I don't listen I don't listen to it enough, but there's some exactly. good shit here. It's really good. There really, there really is. And that's why it's my vote to has to talk about. My vote has to do it's real simple. It has to do with the record. I think we know how it's going to swing on our end of things, but this is going to be I'm really actually curious to see how this is going to swing. Mm-hmm. Real simple. Do you like St. Anger? Yes or no? Simple question. That's the simplest question you've ever had us vote on. Yeah, but it's ever. one that I'm really actually kind of curious because I think it's going to... I don't think there's going to be as many people... Yes or no, do you like St. Anger? Yes. I say yes. I don't think it's going to be as skewed one way or another. Like there's This one's probably going to be pretty, pretty close. I'm interested to see which side it skews more to. More for yes... More for no. I'm kind of guessing right froze. now. My guess for the vote would be 55 yes, 45 no. That's just my pre guess. We'll see. Live odds opening at. Pl- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get your 50 50 tickets. Get your 50 50 tickets. My vote is yes. I think, yeah, 60 40 kind of split. But. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the vote sways and let us know, people, because I know there's a lot of you that really hate this record, and there's a couple of you that actually like this record. So there you go. Yes and yes. I realized today I don't listen to it enough compared to, obviously, all the other shit. That's why I said when I go and listen to Metallica, usually if I even do listen to them, it's going to be Load, Reload, S&M, St. Anger. I always crank it up and I'm excited when I'm listening to some like random satellite radio like metal station mm-hmm. and you get SCOM or you get Frantic or you get what well, came on like get a couple some, months ago. Like Dirty Window actually came here. on like the radio like a couple months ago and I'm like, fuck yeah, this is rare. Turn it up. Yeah, on the radio? What the fuck is that? Well, satellite radio. But still. Exactly. But it's not, It's I don't know what it is about me. It's just tough when you've got <laughs> lightning justice and garage days you know you're ready to throw in and you're just like mm, they're saying anger yeah maybe tomorrow you know what you know what i mean yeah you know or you could just pack it all up and just listen to some nickel crack 311 adele screaming suicide i'm getting kind of mentally prepared for the next single like Real soon, it's it's gonna surprise us coming up here again. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm too far gone. I should get myself prepared. I've only listened to Screaming Suicide, I think, three times since it came out. So I'm not. Really... I think you're full of shit. I swear to God, on my children, I've only listened to it three times. <laughs> Throwing down a rope, a lifeline of hope. Here's where Jeff talks about the Pope. The Pope on a rope. <laughs> The, the sad part is, is when I hear that song and it gets to that part, I always just, oh, here's Jeff's Pope part. Yep. It's, pope it's, on a rope. The, the record's not even out, and I'm already thinking of you hanging out with the Pope at that line. 
Big hat. <laughs> me Good and episode, me man. and Larry and Bob. Speaking of the Pope, we're gonna go see Ghost this summer. Oh, Papa Ghost. Speaking of a religious experience, we're gonna we're gonna go to church. Who are they taking out on tour with them? Like uh, Mana Marth or something like that. Someone really heavy. Don't even someone know. that's way heavier than they are. I don't consider Ghost that heavy. They're not heavy at all. I consider them like theatrical, like it's like operatic rock. <laughs> Opera rock. That's a good way to put it. They're obviously doing something right. They're pretty big. I like them. They're, they're growing on me. I know you're not a fan, but I'm gonna go check them out. I'm not. I. I. It's funny. I. I. I don't dislike them. I actually have all their records on my Apple Music. I don't listen to it very much, but I. I definitely have tried to. I go into their records with a very open mind because. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't dislike them. They're just, I don't think they're as good as everyone is saying, but I don't know. That's, I still need to dive in, I think, a little bit deeper. And from what I've heard, I, I'm not disliking their new record. So, Papa, I've been, I've been, Papa Jeff, April 7th, Bogarts, farewell party. Papa, Papa Smoke, Papa Jeff, Papa Shane, two plus hour set list. One last show. Get your tickets, by the way, because the fucker's going to sell out fast. It's probably already sold out by the time this episode drops. It better be. No pressure. I got to go play drums and learn this set list because I'm looking at it right now. Jeff needs to go knock the rust off his strings, literally, and tune up the fucking green burst. Yeah, I still got to take the guitars out of the closet. I figured I'll probably, like, two weeks out pull the axes out and oil them up and get them all ready. Time to get that Eye of the Beholder solo ready, Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta get my... see what I see? Jeff Winslow strings are rusty. Better get my escape solo down. (laughs) I'm gonna have to get that solo for unnamed feeling checked. Guys are giving a lot of fake news right now. Okay. That's what I do. I spread it just like the mainstream media, but mainstream CNN, the Clinton News Network, <laughs> MSDNC. <laughs> oh man! All right, we're about to get we're about two steps away from getting canceled. We better end this. We're not getting canceled. You're gonna have a fucking blizzard tomorrow. You're not even gonna be able to. to you're not even gonna be able to communicate with me. There's gonna be so much snow. Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, an abominable snowman. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be stuck up. You know, by the time this episode drops, though, it'll be. We'll see if you survived or not. I'll be clear. Send, I'll have dove my way those, out. One of those kites from a dove. Yeah, can we uh, set up a PO box for all our listeners to start sending us, you know, care packages and gifts and charity and all that? We need helping hands. Metallica has all within my hands, and we have helping hands. Our hands, my hands, Shane's hands. Love is control. I'll die if I let go. Let it go. And with that, we let you go. And on that note, we say goodbye. And goodbye. Good night, St. Anger. Goodbye, Pizzle. Bye, Pizzle. Bye, Pizzle. Pizzle hates St. Anger. Pizzle he doesn't understand loves that. He doesn't oh, he understand the love that you and I have for the big red Lego fist. Straight up. 
what do you think? Has Pizzle listened to Saint Anger more or less times than I've listened to Screaming Suicide? <laughs> Probably less because Pizzle's quote was, listen to it once, put it right back in the jewel case, right back on the shelf. And hasn't listened to it since. <laughs> to which I say bullshit because Saint Anger did not come in a jewel case. It came in a paper case. A sleeve. It came in a paper sleeve. <laughs> By the way, my favorite part of Saint Anger is the fucking rehearsal DVD. The rehearsal DVD and uh, the whole case and how it was put together. It had the book in the middle, had the disc in the DVD. Like, it was fucking awesome. Let's be honest. Rehearsal DVD, better than the record. Oh, yeah. Love it. It sounds great. It was fun, dude. Goodbye. And goodbye. We'll see you soon. See you later. Pizzle, practice that bass solo. It goes into you know what. We'll see you soon. I'll say it like my daughter says it. See you later, Taco Tater. Taco Tater. Taco Bell. Now I'm hungry. Oh, fuck. Chili cheese burrito. Crunchwrap Supreme. That's where I'm going right now. It's still open. Fuck. I think the one by my house is closed. I'm out of here. All right. Bye, Pizzle. Later, bye. Bye. And bye. And bye. Kill, 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 kill. Kill. Goodbye. Bye. Been here before. Couldn't say I liked it. But do I start writing all this down? Sweet.